Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia, with your hosts Otto Tabuns and Joe Horgan. Hello, everyone, and let me welcome you to episode ninety-four of Latvia Weekly. This week、uh, we will discuss a lot of interesting events, not only in Riga but also in other municipalities. We'll see the destiny of the Baltic bubble. We'll see some events at the train department, and we will give you some ideas what to do for the week in future, taking into account the new weather situation. To discuss all this, I will have with me my colleague and friend Olaf Snickers, the president of the Baltic Security Foundation. Hello, my dear Latvia Weekly listeners. We will try to do our best in、uh, discussing all these、uh, topics, and I think we can start. The first news, of course, is the matter of the Riga City Council election results and the intention of the new coalition to sign the cooperation documents once the election results are finally approved. As previously reported on Latvia Weekly,、uh, several political forces and politicians have contested the results. As in two polling stations, several hundred ballots were found to be invalid due to technical reasons. Which、uh, may not be enough to contest all of the result, but is significant enough to possibly affect the distribution of seats. If we look at、uh, some other events,、uh, then of course we have to go a little beyond Riga and look at the Marupe,、uh, which has joined the club by contesting territorial administrative reform in the Constitutional Court. They object to being upgraded to a city instead of staying as a village, and it is the twelfth case so far. Why are they doing this, Otto? It's、uh, one of the wealthiest municipalities. What's their problem?、Uh, it is interesting, and I also pose that question to myself. Um, I think that the biggest issue here is、um, not only the general sentiment、uh, among the twelve other cases that there are,、uh, but also、uh, the decision of the Marup municipality, which considered this question and had decided to stay a village, because even though they have enough of a population to qualify for a city,、uh, they do have a different situation. For example, most of Marup is、uh, made up by single homes. At homes and is quite sparsely、uh, populated.、Um, if you would compare that to、uh, Central Riga and some of the、uh, districts, so they are、uh, arguing both the different circumstances that they have in their territorial district,、uh, but also the will of their people that was against that of Saima. So、uh, it seems that they will go ahead, and it will be not so much a question of money because.、Uh, That would bring some more obligations to Marupe,、uh, but uh, more of uh, this um, attitude that that was the decision of our citizens, and、uh, we will not、uh, let someone else decide in our place. Right. If we take a look at the、uh, train news, which is of course a, a favorite topic of、uh, Joe and I, and hopefully Olaf will join in the discussion as well, it seems that Passenger Wiltians or the National Passenger Train、uh, Authority has managed to make news for several accounts、uh, this week. The first one, of course, is the change in their title, the brand of、uh, from Passagier Wilsons,、uh, which uh, many of us frequently uh, struggle to pronounce. 
pronouns, especially if Latvian is not first language, but also the question of the bad image that this brand, as difficult as it may have been to pronounce, has been associated with. Uh, most notably by the previously mismanaged procurements that we have now seen some uh, court cases being opened uh, about. And they are apparently going to change their brand from Passagier Viltiens, which uh, means literally the passenger train, to uh, Vivi Latvia. And as it has raised a lot of controversy uh, among uh, the uh, people in Latvia, um, not only in the social media, but also in general, um, I would like to ask Carlos, what is your opinion about this and uh, what is your associations with the new brand Vivi? <laughs> of course, it's uh, very nice to have a beautiful a new brand, but uh, passengers and myself, we are hoping for better services, uh, for better rail cars and uh, sort of those changes. When I remember when uh, Riga Satixma changed their brand 20 years ago, that change come with new buses, with uh, really, with, uh, with a better services, and I can't imagine those old Icarus, those yellow Icarus buses coming with the new brand of Regis Satix uh, at that time. So what's happening now with the passenger wheel scenes that they are doing exactly in this way. So they are changing and they, they are changing something, but they are changing but, uh, only their brand, <laughs> which is of course nice, but you know. Exactly. Uh, I would agree that, uh, you know, just changing the brand doesn't mean that the services would improve or, or the people in charge of uh, providing these procurements uh, uh, will change uh, as well. So hopefully that uh, both uh, the what is now known as Passagier Wilsons and the Ministry of Transport uh, will uh, do a better job uh, with regard to this. Otherwise, this will be uh, not only a headache for uh, all of us uh, who may happen to be passengers using train service, but also to the government, remembering how much money is going into this and uh, the general state of finances uh, in the realm of rail traffic. Uh, and as increased train utilization and regional transit integration uh, will be a priority of the new city coalition in Riga as well, uh, they will have to find probably a better model than the previous one uh, that, uh, for example, the Harmony Party tried to do back in 2014. Uh, another scandal that implicates both Passagier Wiltsins and the Riga City Council is exactly this deal that they had uh, more than uh, six years ago, uh, permitting the persons who enjoy the Riga City transit discounts to utilize the uh, passenger train service within the city limits with the same discounts. And as the actual number of riders was much larger than initially intended, uh, this created a 560,000 euro loss for the passenger wheelchairs. And it seems that no one at the Ministry of Transport is uh, looking to recoup that. Well, I have to note from my side that I am allegedly one of the passengers who used this opportunity at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm using allegedly, you know, my law education helps me a lot. Uh, there were students at that time who used that, for example, to uh, travel to Yurmala uh, and uh, pay for that just one euro. For example, the 30 cents you had to pay uh, to travel between Riga and Babit and then pay additional 70 cents to travel to the Lielupe station, which is the uh, first part of the city of Yurmala, where you can actually go and uh, enjoy the beach. 
and it uh, seems that uh, I haven't or someone has not been the only one um, utilizing this. There were apparently thousands and thousands more than both Passagier Wilsens and the Riga City Council anticipated. So I hope that they will find the responsible person or try to find a way how to get that back, especially now that uh, you would have the same parties at the national uh, level and at the municipal level. But I sincerely hope that they will not end up sending a repo man to my address. So I think uh, I will share the sentiment with many other former students of city in Riga. <laughs> Uh, but if we look at some uh, other monies and monies that have not yet been spent but have been asked to be spent for uh, some uh, public um, objectives, uh, that is of course the story of the Ministry of Education that has asked uh, for additional 4 million euros uh, to provide laptops for schools. Uh, so, as we previously discussed, I think this goes together uh, with this matter that the Ministry of Education intended to include uh, these smart devices into or the part of um, uh, equipment that the families had to provide for the school children uh, for their um, education process. At the same time, many people, starting with the Ombudsman, um, reminded the ministry that in the constitution uh, there is a requirement to provide the mandatory education which also means that uh, the state has to provide uh, for all the expenses and we remember the constitutional case um, from 2013 when it was found unconstitutional that the parents have to buy uh, books for their children that has to be the task of the government and it seems that the ministry is uh, avoiding the constitutional problem, uh, but uh, may end up with complaints uh, from uh, different sources. So, Olaf, what is your take on this? So interesting how they planned it, those 4 million euros for these laptops. Of course, it's a very good idea and, and it's a very good policy, but uh, if, if there are about 90,000 pupils, if you calculate a laptop for 500 euros, then, then it's uh, about 8,000 laptops uh, out of this program. So it seems like like 10%, uh, less than 10%, uh, the pupils will be able to get these laptops. And what are these calculations and what is this formula? How they are supposed to, to attain this goal and, and provide those? Uh, and what will be the formula? How these laptops will reach the pupils in the schools? As you rightly mentioned, the students, the amount of students used for the specific calculation that was mentioned in the news, as reported by Tevenet, the ministry is uh, apparently calculating it to to the number of students between grade 7 and grade 12, which do amount to approximately 90,000 pupils, at least it did in the last academic year. Uh, so if we would divide these 4 million euros uh, to these 90,000 pupils, we would end up with approximately 40 or so, uh, between 40 and 50 euros, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which is not exactly the amount right. that you can buy a decent laptop uh, for, even if you would look for something very basic one. Uh, they did mention some specific formula that they will use, apparently prioritizing the schools that have more pupils um, and probably overlooking some that have less 
Uh, so they have indeed avoided the constitutional problem, that, but uh, they may end up and probably will end up with complaints uh, from uh, different schools uh, that will find the solution uh, unfair. So probably uh, additional communication from the ministry side would help to deal with these uh, allegations. And uh, probably there will be also much attention uh, to for example, avoid any implications of conflict of interest, because we remember there were a lot of these uh, smart devices donated at the beginning of the COVID crisis uh, to provide this uh, distance uh, learning uh, for uh, these students uh, whose families cannot afford these devices. So hopefully that uh, the process in procuring these new laptops will be uh, transparent enough to avoid um, um, any of uh, these issues. Uh, but that is, of course, very important uh, objective and hopefully uh, this will be done in the right way. Mm. Uh, now, if we uh, step back from the topic of education and go uh, to uh, some other topic uh, which affects uh, many of us, even uh, those of us who are not in school, that is certainly the issue of uh, traffic safety, traffic accidents, uh, which is, of course, uh, something that has uh, come to increased attention with the beginning of the new academic year, but in general has always been an issue in Latvia, which uh, not always has been uh, the best uh, if we look at the statistics of accidents, at least in the context of Europe. And as we can see, the number of traffic accidents uh, leaves much space for improvements, uh, which is like the space that is extensive enough for safe driving in the car parks, as approximately uh, 3,000 accidents have happened in car parks uh, around Latvia in the last couple of years. As the statistics show, uh, most accidents in the last five years have taken place by the Spitze and Alpha shopping malls in Riga, as well as the Valdeka Mall and the Rimi Mall on Katoj Street in Yalgala. Uh, Olives, uh, as I know, you are an avid driver and you drive very well, but uh, could you uh, tell us more your opinion about the uh, safe driving and the uh, convenience of the car parking facilities? Those parking spaces, usually in Riga, are, I, I would say I, I find these places inconvenient for me as a driver. Those parking lots they are small and those parking spaces are very narrow and I think maybe Alpha is doing better out of those shopping malls you mentioned mm -hmm. but when I go to Spitze I were in Valdek in Yelgava and, uh, and Rimi or Katarys City in Yelgava still there is too little parking space on uh, near those uh, supermarkets and this should be changed in a way that uh, your car really can park in in those spaces and can fit there and I'm, I'm wondering why this number is not higher than the actual number we have. I think a good example here was uh, made by the, the new uh, IKEA mall, which has uh, plenty of uh, space, so not only for cars, but it also has space between uh, right. the specific places where cars stand so that you can also comfortably open the door and avoid, uh, let's say, scratching the other car or your car in the process. Uh, that is also the question of accessibility, which was a priority uh, for uh, all of the uh, parties for the Riga City uh, Council election, even though uh, parking was not specifically uh, mentioned by uh, many of them. 
Uh, hopefully this is something that the new city council can do, perhaps by some new regulations that would demand, uh, let's say, at least changes for at least the new shopping malls that are uh, getting built, or uh, let's say this uh, reconstruction or replanning of these parking uh, facilities uh, once a uh, regular, let's say, repaving uh, is uh, set at these places. And I think that would save, like many of us, a lot of money as we know, the um, insurance, it is probably uh, not as expensive as, let's say, in the United States or in Western Europe, but if you would compare it to the average salaries, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, car insurances and the expenses that one may have uh, to have when, let's say, repairing these and repairing these uh, damages in a good fashion uh, is uh, pretty high for many of us. Yeah. So let's call for better change. Yeah, <laughs> and it seems that uh, this is not the only traffic issue that we have to discuss. Uh, there is apparently uh, another one where uh, a number of miners have been misusing the car sharing services uh, that have become popular in Riga, uh, causing several quite notable car crashes. And as uh, one of uh, these companies have their slogan, the new kid on the block, mm -hmm. uh, it apparently is literally the case. And I think we discussed this previously that uh, when we uh, were traveling through Riga, we saw that there were some uh, very young people mm. in the cars, like guys and girls, oh, mm. and we were like questioning how old are they actually? Right. So it's these cars uh, which you can pick on the on the street just by ticking in your app, in your mobile app is a way uh, many, not only unexperienced drivers can access uh, the car and drive, uh, but also uh, this, uh, the, the, the how, it's org how registration is organized, it's possible for underage persons to access these cars as well. There are certain agreement, uh, the registration agreement provides a certain cost for violation, which is 2,000 euros for mm -hmm. now. From the other side, it's still possible uh, that the kid can use a document of his parents or, mm -hmm. or their friends and neighbors and they still can access the car and possibility of, uh, of accidents will remain so there could so I think uh, certain technical solutions uh, should be found in order to uh, avoid uh, those those incidents those those situations and also when those companies uh, allow uh, young drivers to access their cars they they uh, maybe there should be put uh, like some restrictions on experience so you you can't be just yesterday you got your driver's license and and then and, and, and tomorrow you're getting mm -hmm. uh, the car on the street uh, and and how responsible are those young drivers with those 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 uh, easy accessible cars uh, so there are pl plenty of issues with this um, business. Exactly, and uh, as much as uh, we uh, would not uh, argue against uh, using the car sharing services, uh, probably for now, um, un until the uh, fine policy is revised, uh, we would recommend our listeners uh, to be careful when uh, driving in the near distance of uh, uh, these cars, as uh, mm, uh, incidents such as these may still uh, take place, and uh, hopefully uh, it, it will get better, but uh, for now, uh, we ask for all of you to be careful and to avoid being involved in an accident like we just mentioned. Now, uh, the next uh, topic is uh, much more lighter uh, and uh, something uh, that is 
slightly controversial yet uh, not so much uh, but uh, certainly is uh, something that is a matter on the minds of uh, many people living in uh, Riga, in Jurmala and also in other cities. Uh, as signatures have been gathered to allow uh, walking pets, specifically dogs, on a leash at the beaches of the city of Jurmala, uh, which uh, currently uh, for the most part of it is forbidden. So you could go for example uh, in some of those uh, seaside villages such as in uh, Apšutsiams or Ragatsiams uh, or on the other side and you can freely walk with your pet there at the same time within the city of Jurmala which is usually uh, heavily packed with uh, uh, tourists uh, um, of, of both from within Latvia and from abroad uh, uh, there are uh, these restrictions uh, especially to avoid these cases that for example uh, pets get into conflict with mm. uh, children and uh, other visitors of the beach uh, Olives uh, as uh, I know uh, you have a pet of your own uh, a dog of your own um, and uh, what uh, is your feeling on this uh, would the city of Jurmal will be a safe environment uh, for a dog especially on a beach both for you as a dog owner and right. also for the I, others I, I, so, so this is why I'm having a mixed feelings <laughs> on this of course uh, where's the problem of uh, having pet on the beach so the one thing is that what what the pet is leaving on the beach you know you, you walk uh, the pet and then you know what's <laughs> so what happens uh, usually uh, uh, but it, it, there, there can be good solutions. You, we can, you can use a bag. You can pick up uh, uh, the things and uh, throw uh, it, it out pr appropriately. Another thing, of course, is if we imagine a fully packed beach, and then of course a lot of pets and dogs may, might become a problem. But uh, maybe it's possible somehow to schedule where it would be more free to walk. Uh, pet or a dog uh, on the beach maybe hours on in the morning on, or hours uh, afternoon or seasonally uh, take this uh, issue uh, let's say uh, it, it, it would be it would be a less problem let's say from from September to the June next year there could be several approaches how to how to face this issue uh, exactly because as we already saw uh, one of the parties for the Riga City Council uh, had it uh, as a priority well at least one of the parties that got in uh, got it as a, a priority uh, for these uh, pet walking spaces and it could also be um, a good idea for the city of Jurmala to, to sort it out uh, as already you would have these uh, zones in the uh, beach where you would have let's say a place for uh, active uh, um, relaxation for example playing the ball or um, or uh, the part where it is more like for relaxation for let's say uh, just uh, uh, sleeping uh, in the sand uh, by the uh, water and uh, I think it could be a good idea for the uh, municipality to, to find a good solution either these zones or timing that that would give this compromise but to remind our listeners this is just an initiative that is going on it has not been approved yet so it is still forbidden uh, mm. to uh, walk your uh, pets on leash or without mm. or it, in, in any form uh, within the limits of city of Jurmala and uh, at best it, it will end up by the uh, lifeguard booth sounding a siren to you uh, mm. at the worst <laughs> uh, the municipal police may end up uh, fining uh, you, so keep that in mind. But, but still, uh, your municipality can learn a lot from other uh, municipalities. Uh, for example, in Lithuania, 
in Clyde the Beach they have this zoning mm-hmm. and and then there is a uh, this separate zone for pets uh, oh yeah the, the pet beach yes. the pet beach yeah so so there are solutions that can be found uh, in the other places exactly and it would certainly benefit uh, the tourist numbers that mm-hmm. your normal city gets uh, now uh, the uh, last story of domestic news is uh, going back to our capital city uh, which uh, um, has another story about re-emigration. And here uh, is uh, the news from the Riga City Council Department on Education, Culture and Sports, uh, which has published a re-emigration handbook or a publication uh, for uh, people who have emigrated uh, from Latvia and uh, would be interested in uh, coming back and living back in Riga. Uh, it is available in four languages, uh, Latvian, Russian, English and German and is also uh, freely available at uh, several uh, locations um, uh, from the municipality uh, um, as a, a printed version uh, for a takeaway. Uh, Olives, what do you think? Uh, is there a need for such a handbook? Uh, is this a good thing? Uh, it's not a bad idea to have this kind of a guiding book uh, which would uh, which would help like a roadmap or something like that uh, from the other side those persons who were abroad were not so li- not so long time ago left Riga and and if they are coming back of course there are some uh, some changes uh, something has changed something has remained that it was before but i think it's kind of a friendly gesture towards those people who are coming back and hope that will be of good use for them. Yeah, and uh, perhaps it could also help some of uh, our listeners, the um, expats who have recently arrived to Riga, as I think it certainly would give some good advice for uh, anyone who is uh, trying to uh, build uh, a new life uh, right. in our uh, capital city. But now, uh, going away from our uh, capital city and uh, looking at uh, beyond our borders, let me give the floor to uh, Olives uh, to speak about the most important international news of the last week. Yeah, thanks Otto. Uh, Lithuanian parliament uh, has approved the call to international community to recognize opposition leader Svetlana Tikhanovskaya as the legitimate leader to Belarus. Uh, from now on, Lithuania has agreed to treat any actions of the illegitimate head of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, as crimes against the Belarusian people. Lithuania will provide citizens of Belarus and their legitimate representatives with political, economic and financial assistance so that democratic elections are held in the country. Svetlana Tikhanovskaya was the main Lukashenko's rival during the presidential elections in August 10 and after being confronted by security officials, she fled to Lithuania the next day after the elections. Otto, what do you think uh, this uh, call by the Lithuanian parliament uh, to recognize uh, the opposition leader uh, at the same time of this uh, re- uh, illegitimate elections? So if the international community has uh, recognized these elections as illegitimate, uh, how you can uh, recognize uh, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya as uh, legitimate? Yeah, uh, it is uh, uh, very uh, interesting to uh, see this. Uh, Lithuania is uh, trying to uh, keep up uh, their aspirations to uh, keep leadership on this issue. And um, I think uh, they are trying to uh, respond to this uh, key issue why the election was uh, found as uh, 
uh, illegitimate uh, was this um, uh, support for uh, Ms. Tikhanovskaya, uh, which was then uh, using falsification taken away because uh, judging from uh, the um, exit polls or the um, many indications from what the actual result was uh, it is clear that uh, Tikhanovsky uh, must have been uh, the uh, winner or received mm. considerably more votes than uh, it was declared by the Belarusian uh, election committee. Uh, here uh, it will be uh, very uh, notable to see what will be the Latvian response to this because uh, Latvia, um, although joining the criticism, uh, especially to the uh, violence and the human rights abuses, has not gone as far as not to recognize uh, Lukashenko as the head of Belarus. So uh, we'll see which of these uh, positions will uh, prevail and uh, whether um, there will be, let's say, a joint uh, EU stance and certainly mm -hmm. uh, both Lithuania and Latvia will have a big say in um, uh, how this uh, goes in the uh, final uh, draft. Uh, certainly this uh, Lithuanian decision makes uh, the room for maneuvering more uh, difficult and hopefully this will uh, not uh, split uh, the European side mm -hmm. apart. I think that is from this international perspective and the perspective of uh, Latvian foreign policy uh, one of the key issues. Yeah, so let me see what will be reaction of, uh, of others in European Union and, and, and in Latvia and Estonia. The Baltic bubble has suddenly collapsed, as Estonia added to Latvia's quarantine country list. The current threshold for Latvia for arrivals is 16 cases per 100,000 of population over the previous 14 days. According to the latest data, from the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, Estonia now has a figure of 20.8 cases. As an immediate result, movement between Valka and Valga across the Latvian-Estonian border is decreasing. Estonia has been added to the list of countries from which arrivals into Latvia must self-isolate for 14 days. However, police will not intentionally run raids to check the following of self-isolation requirements. The full list of countries can be viewed on the website of the Latvian Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. The foreign ministers of the Nordic Baltic region met in Tallinn Wednesday, also celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Nordic Baltic cooperation. Of course, uh, ministers mainly focused on the uh, situation in Belarus. And of course, they discussed other important issues as Eastern partnership, cybersecurity, coordinating efforts to fight COVID-19, regional security and connectivity issues. And as it was underlined by Latvian Foreign Minister Edgar Sinkevich, all instruments that is at Latvia's disposal and all the other countries must be used to stop violence against peaceful protesters and facilitate a dialogue between Belarusian authorities and opposition and society. And Latvia has already allocated 200,000 euros towards legal, practical, psychological and medical assistance to civil society and in support of independent media in Belarus. And good news comes from Brno, Czech Republic, when our beach volleyball players Brailko and Namitje won European U20 Championship gold. 
and they succeeded better results than players from Switzerland, Ukraine and Netherlands. I think uh, uh, our listeners will join us in congratulating this wonderful result, which of course is uh, very great international news, especially at this time when the pandemic and all the other issues are going on. Now, uh, if we take a a little look uh, back at history, uh, let me uh, remind you of uh, one uh, very notable event, which is uh, frequently overlooked, but uh, still is something that we have to remember uh, to uh, remind ourselves and uh, everyone interested in the history of Latvia about the struggle that we have always had for our independence and freedom. That is the September 8th of 1944, when the Latvian Central Council, the leading pro-independence resistance movement, adopted the Declaration on the Restoration of the State of Latvia. This happened at the time of when Latvia was under Nazi occupation and uh, the Nazis were withdrawing and the Soviets were coming back uh, with, with uh, occupying Latvia again. The Latvian Central Council represented the top officials of the Republic of Latvia that wanted to use the moment between the Nazi withdrawal and the Soviet reappearance to get our independence back. Although ultimately they were not successful in this objective, they managed to legitimately show the international community that neither Soviet nor Nazi power was welcome here and the respective incorporations in either of these regimes took place against the will of the Latvian people. The council also organized military resistance by Latvian soldiers who left the services of the occupying powers that drafted them illegally, as well as organized cooperation with the Estonian and Lithuanian resistance, as well as with the remaining Latvian diplomats in the West. You can find out more about this if you listen to our episode of February 2, 2019, where Miss Karina Peterson, the granddaughter of one of the Declaration signatories, told the story of her grandfather in our International Recognition Special Report. Now, let's take a look at the future. Um, Olives, I think uh, you will join me in uh, feeling that autumn is indeed here. Absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, you can already feel these evenings and in even the afternoons when you go out mm. and then you feel, oh yes, autumn is clear and you don't even have to turn on the mm. uh, meteorological report. You just have the feeling that yeah. anyone born in Latvia or in this part of the world would have. Only trees are still green. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and even that will not be the case for too long as uh, during the week we may expect a drop in temperature and strong winds from Wednesday on. So uh, I think uh, uh, going back to what uh, Olive said about the trees and uh, trying to enjoy as much as it is possible while they still have their leaves on, uh, I think we can recommend our listeners to visit the Ladurga Dendrological Park, which is uh, situated 64 kilometers uh, northeast uh, from Riga. So I think it's uh, near uh, Krimold, somewhere on Vidzeme uh, Highway. So that is the same way that you would go to visit uh, Sigulda and uh, then uh, further on to Cesor Valmira. And this uh, specific dendrological park in Ladurga hosts uh, over a thousand different sorts of trees and bushes, 
which would uh, give you a great idea for a walk with your family or friends. And that is especially the case as the park has recently seen improvements such as new benches, several gazebos, a fire pit, a wooden sculptures, a labyrinth, and of course the great Mudurg stone which has been there uh, since ancient times and uh, was uh, very notable not only uh, for us today but also for our predecessors at the time of the Baltic tribes. But I think it, it would be not possible for you uh, to go and uh, grill a barbecue there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably it's not the best uh, weather uh, anymore for this time, but certainly for a, a walk or jog or maybe even mm. if a run, uh, it could be uh, a good idea. Uh, perhaps, Olive, uh, you could give uh, some recommendations uh, for our listeners who are as avid runners as you are for some of the best ideas uh, where to do some runs in this kind of weather. Of course, if you are new in Riga, then then I would strongly recommend to run across uh, promenade. It's uh, it's along the river Daugava. Then I use I'm used to run. Still, it's good when it's not too windy. Uh, run by the Jurmala beach, Majuaridzintari, Bulduri. Uh, so you can find uh, it's, if it's not too windy. It was last week when it started to be a little more windy. So and if there is uh, such a great wind, uh, what uh, alternative location would you suggest? Uh, then you go to the mesh parks. Oh yes, that's a good idea as it is uh, full with pine trees. Of course, it will not help you when there's uh, this uh, big hailstorm, mm -hmm. which sometimes uh, can come. And I remember one of those, but certainly for running uh, in a wind. But when there is good time, I think that's a great idea. Uh, thank you very much, Olives. Thanks, Otto. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thanks for not only giving us a great sports advice, but also by providing your opinion on uh, domestic uh, uh, stories and preparing the international news. I hope that uh, all of our listeners enjoyed this episode 94 of our show. Uh, we hope to uh, have Olives back in our further shows. And, uh, the same goes uh, to Joe, Carlos, and uh, the other voices uh, that uh, make us all stronger. Faces. Exactly. <laughs> and... Um, uh, this was a great talk. Thank you, Olives, and peace and love. Goodbye.